This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best advice. It's Monday, April 23rd. I'm Chris Hardy. This month, we're featuring stories from Vice Magazine's April publication, The Dystopia and Utopia Issue. Super beautiful. I highly recommend you checking it out. Today, we're going to focus on an article about wildly unsuccessful attempts to set up utopian societies throughout history. One of our UK writers, Oscar Rickett, has always been fascinated with the idea of utopia. Utopia is an imagined place or state in which everything is perfect. The concept, he explains, has the power to propel hopeful and optimistic thinking that challenges the status quo and pushes us forward in reality. But as you can imagine, when people have tried to translate this very useful theoretical concept into actual communities, it isn't always super successful. So Oscar's written a story that covers a number of these cases of both righteous and extremely fucked up attempts to create the perfect society. Today we've got Vice's Ankita Rao speaking with Oscar on these epic fails. This is a pretty fun piece and a nice examination of how twisted and weird people have been for so long. How did you go about locating these failed utopias? It's about failed utopias, but to to me a sort of if you're thinking in a utopian way, you're you know, you've you're thinking in a good way, I think. Gary Young's British journalist who wrote a book about um Martin Luther King's I Had a Dream speech said, Imagine if Martin Luther King had never had a dream. Imagine he'd got up onto the stage and he'd announced a five-point plan that he thought could both sell to the black community and win a majority in both houses of Congress, you know, that would bring civil rights legislation just one step closer. You know, imagine if he'd been a realist and not an idealist. That would have been terrible, right? (laughs) So I think I'm sort of, I'm fully behind some of these attempts to create utopia, some of them uh, not so much. I mean, particularly Nueva Germania in Paraguay, which was conceived by two German fascists in the 19th century. Um, but yeah, in terms of where it came from, sort of, you know, a few different books and a few different uh, corners of the internet. And unfortunately, my budget didn't allow me to to travel around the world exploring <laughs> these places. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that happens. Unfortunately, these are kind of all over the place and in different centuries. So um, what was the purpose of writing about failed utopias versus maybe utopias that kind of worked? So I think failed utopias because in a lot of utopian thinking is quite socialist, it's quite collectivist. And there's examples of that in, in, in this piece, but there are also examples of just sort of individuals with a desire for kind of power or a desire for to do very odd things. Basically, they want to kind of go somewhere and be their own king. And I quite like those stories of sort of individual power-hungry madness. They tend to lead to failure, basically. Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting things is the intention behind these utopias. I mean, there's some that are very utilitarian, like the one that Henry Ford built, and there's others that are more sinister. What did you find when you were looking at what the impetus was for creating these in the first place? It was all sorts of things. I mean, 
there's a desire to sort of be free from the strictures of society, sort of bourgeois society. So Marymount, New England, where everyone's like dancing around a maypole and swigging cider. There's um, sort of socialist desire to to live equally within communities. Um, that's often something that that plays a part. There's also a desire on, on the part of individuals or even states to grab power. So the failed Scottish colony in Panama was a good example of that. Henry Ford is a sort of example again of a of an individual who who wants to sort of make society in his own image. And so there's a real kind of a kind of outsized ambition. And and even among some of the sort of socialists there's there's a kind of outsized ambition, you know, that they they found things on socialist principles but essentially they want to you know, they're the man who would be king. They want to kind of set up these places in order kind of, to kind of rule them and make these little societies in their own image. So th- those seem to be the main impetuses. I mean, as well as a kind of, with the more colonial ones, you know, this just of old-fashioned European desire for golden slaves, <laughs> essentially. Which one would you live in? Ah, that's a good question. Um... I'm sort of attracted to the more socialist ones. I quite I quite liked the idea of Sointula in British Columbia, which was sort of a collection of utopian Finns who set up on Malcolm Island off Canada's west coast. And it didn't really happen there because none of them were particularly good at fishing or being lumberjacks and in a place that's dominated by the sea and the forest, that wasn't helpful. But I think they kind of have a right idea, and in fact it, it still sort of exists, or, or, although their founder also, he had some kind of radical ideas about sex, some of which were quite good, um, and some of which were, were maybe not so good. <laughs> I think Marymount, New England sounds very fun as well um, because, you know, they just wanted to they wanted to be free of the Puritans and I think we can all understand, you know, why you would want to be free of the Puritans, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it seems like, you know, some of these, they, they seem kind of absurd to us now, but then when you think of how people colonized other places or how they resettled and what they did try to create, it's not so far-fetched. Are there any of these that you can see existing in some form or the other now? It's interesting because some of these places were also technically colonies. And it's interesting what we think of as a successful colony, which, which is actually something quite terrible. I think ideas about sort of small collective communities that are sort of cut off from a mainstream or the aim to kind of right the wrongs of society, that's always going to be with us. And I think we've probably got examples of them, you know, all around the world. If we look at Fiume, which, you know, Gabriel D'Annunzio, who started it, he inspired Mussolini and Hitler. But the way it's run, I mean, you know, if Donald Trump wasn't president of the United States and you know, didn't enjoy just sort of living in Trump Tab. And I I can almost imagine him as a kind of, a sort of living in some kind of fascist (laughs) (laughs) quasi-utopia. Is there one of these 
failed utopias that has stuck with you since you did this research and something you still think about? Well, I'm always thinking about utopia. <laughs> or I'm always thinking about a better world, right? Um, because maybe if, if you don't, then you go a little bit crazy. I think the one that seems quite, which has a lot of these kind of strange details is a place called Nueva Germania in Paraguay. That was founded in 1886 by a teacher called Bernhard Forster. And he was a kind of uh, proto-Nazi, uh, an anti-Semite who was inspired by the sort of supremacist, romantic supremacist notion of a German Volk. You know, it's kind of a back-to-the-land, you know, German movement founded essentially in kind of racist principles about the superiority of a German race. And so he wanted to set up an Aryan paradise in the Paraguayan jungle, and he took his wife Elizabeth with him. But as often happens in these utopias, the, the reality of living in somewhere completely alien, and, and that this is something that actually... I think is in every single one of the utopias is that people are like, yes, let's create a new land and we'll do it in this really far-flung part of the world where we can get some land. And then they go there and and they're like, oh, God, the mosquitoes, it's terrible, I can't handle it. And so Bernhard Forster, you know, it was like the local animals, the insects, the bugs, you know, they had no respect for the supposed racial superiority of the Germans, right? So so basically he hated it, couldn't live there, ended up killing himself in a hotel. And his sister Elizabeth returned to Germany where she looked after her brother, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, the philosopher. Um, so that was nice. Nueva Germania became part of Paraguay and then it was rumored to be somewhere that um, the Auschwitz physician, Joseph Mengele, passed through when he was on the run following the end of World War II. So it had this kind of dark postscript, which I find quite interesting. What do you want people to leave this piece with? You know, you're talking about the idea of the hope that people can take away from this utopia ideal as well as some of these dark places that these can take us to. <laughs> Look, they're just, they're, they're curious, funny sort of little stories and maybe people will, will be entertained by that. I think in, in a kind of broader, in a broader sense, I think that people can have a think about what sort of the, the different motivations for these utopias, for the utopian thinking that is that is based on a desire to live in communities, the desire to be more humane to people, um, the desire to connect us to the land. I think a lot of us, particularly those of us who live in big cities, feel a sense of dislocation from the land. And I think that in some of these utopias, there's a, an idea about getting back to that and getting back to a sense of community. And I think those things are really important and really valuable. And I think a lot of, you know, the, the few good things we have left in our society, you know, come from some sort of utopian thinking. I think that the reason why these places often failed was because of kind of in the case of Nueva Germania, for example, a kind of intolerant 
kind of anti-human ideology that ran underneath it. And so it's probably about also about people kind of, you know, aiming for the moon and coming down somewhere, you know, like a few thousand feet above the earth, something like that. Um, you know, also the desire to kind of escape, you know. Um, and what it might say also about the societies that people are escaping from. These utopias, they say something about the society that the people came from. And that's still here today. Make sure to check out the full article in Vice magazine or go to vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.